Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Hi, friends. Father Rico here as we continue our study of the Ten Commandments. Today, the Sixth Commandment, Thou shall not commit adultery. At first glance, we might think to myself, well, haven't done this. Well, that's good. I really hope that all of you who are married have not committed adultery. But again, we need to unpack the commandment a bit more to realize everything that it encompasses. With the fourth and fifth commandments, we understand that it's more than the commandment actually says. This sixth commandment extends beyond the strict meaning of the word adultery. So first and foremost, I think everyone would agree when somebody is in a marriage and they seek sexual activity outside of the marriage, they are indeed committing adultery in its most strictest sense. But this commandment affects those like myself who are priests or single people as well. It talks about custody of the eye. So when we think first and foremost, for those of you who are married, the faithfulness that you exhibit to your spouse is so vital for keeping the trust within the marriage covenant. That bond that you made on the day where you stood before a priest or a bishop or a deacon in the church to have your marriage blessed, where you promised God that you would be faithful to each other until the end of your lives. So that's so important. But we also need to realize is whether you're married, single, or ordained, that custody of our eye is so important. When I look at other people, it is very natural for us as human beings to recognize beauty in other. Wow, she's really pretty. You ladies might think, oh, he's really handsome. That in and itself is not sinful. Yet there is a slippery slope at times in which we look at someone and not only recognize the beauty and the opposite gender, but then when we can actually move into the breaking of this commandment, where I might suggest that we have lustful thoughts about the individual that we're looking at. We might think about engaging in some kind of sexual activity with that person. We might think of them, I wonder what they look like when they're not wearing all of their clothing, etc. This is where you and I would be breaking the sixth commandment. Other ways in which we might break the commandment is this idea of pornography. Pornography continues to be such a terrible, terrible thing that impacts so many people. Pornography nowadays is as simple as pulling it up on your phone, on an electronic device. It can be done in a private way. And for so many people, they just think, well, this is a normal thing to do. It's normal to look at and lust over individuals who we find attractive. And this is not what God intended our sexuality to be. Again, it's very natural for us to desire someone that we might see, but that we are not to act upon it. So the looking of any kind of pornographic material is also a breaking of this sixth commandment. And we might actually recognize that as, as being wrong. But for some people, they just see it as uh, uh, something that is 
acceptable. Also, when we think about things like masturbation or self-pleasure, this too falls into the category of breaking this sixth commandment. The use of contraceptives is also a breach of the sixth commandment. So we want to continue to be pure in our thoughts. We want to be pure in our words and actions, the way we present ourselves. When I'm going out with friends, is it a sin to go to a bar or a club? No. Is it a sin to have a few alcoholic drinks? No. Though we want to be very careful that we don't drive home or put people at risk. But when I am going out to go to the club, what am I wearing? Now, I don't expect us to be in a full body suit from our neck to our shins. That's not also realistic. But ladies, when we have provocative dresses that we're wearing, where we show more of our body than we cover, this too could be a breach of the sixth commandment. Gentlemen, same thing. When we don't use our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit, this is when we would break this sixth commandment as well. So it's one thing to be, you know, trying to attract the opposite gender, but are we doing so recognizing that our bodies are to be respected at times? This is where there's that fine line between living faithfully and breaking this commandment. Also, we have to look at our relationships. When we are dating prior to marriage, the church is very clear in God's expectation that sexual relations are to only take place after the marriage covenant has begun. So, is it a sin to kiss my boyfriend or girlfriend? No. Is it a sin to hold hands? No. But it's that fine line, again, we often use a sports analogy, when we're rounding first base and going to second base, that's where things get a little bit dicey. So again, I can kiss my girlfriend in a very respectful way, or I can be making out with her in a lustful way. And so it's that fine line between natural human connections, natural human desires to express affection, as opposed to falling into the traps of lusting for one another. So when we look at our relationships, those of you who are dating, make sure that you are on the right side of that fine line. Again, sexual relations are to take place in the marriage bed only among two people, one man and one woman, who have professed their love before God and their family and friends. So, so important. But Father Rico, is this really realistic? In 2022, doesn't that seem like an archaic teaching of the church? Friends, it may seem that way because of what social trends suggest, but we look all the way back to biblical times. This has always been God's expectation that we learn self-control and that the gift and virtue of purity and chastity are things that we really need to work towards. And this is why the sacrament of confession is so important, because through the grace of the sacrament and the help of the priest in the confessional, it can certainly help those of us who are in relationships, those of us who may be struggling with pornographic addictions, for those of us who cannot look at the opposite gender without thinking lustful thoughts, to really work towards how are we attacking that in a very appropriate way. And again, getting a sense of self-awareness before God and for ourselves to realize that that's not just something that might be done behind closed doors, 
but rather, is this appropriate given the lifestyle that I am currently living? So as a married person, I should only be in relationship with my spouse. If I'm a single person, whether I'm dating or I'm not with someone currently, I need to be living a lifestyle that is appropriate to that vocation. When I'm a priest or a woman religious, same thing. Since I am not married, I am not able to enter into expressing our sexuality in that way. And again, friends, the world sees our sexuality as the act of sexual intercourse, whereas how God sees our sexuality is certainly much broader than that. And each of us are called to live a life that is pure and chaste before God. So let us continue to pray for one another, especially in this area. As a priest, I know, sitting on my side of the confessional, we often see that this continues to be a struggle for many, many people. And so if that's you, I want you to start to think of your life in a very different way. I want us, each of us, to really examine ourselves and say, how can I improve in this area of my life? And what are some techniques and tools that we can put in place to ensure that we don't fall into these traps? Here are some suggestions that I know that I give in the confessional, and perhaps you might have heard from your own local parish priest as well. Number one, putting parental blocks on our devices is a great tool for stopping those sexual urges when they might come. You might say, Father Rico, I, but I know the password. Well, talk to a friend of yours, gentlemen. Talk to somebody who's going to hold you accountable, perhaps a brother, a cousin, a best friend. Put that adult block on each other's devices so you're holding each other accountable and then don't share that password with them. Another tool is not to have any electronic devices in our rooms in that late at night so that if those urges come, because generally, friends, those sexual urges don't take place when you're in the middle of 50 people. You wouldn't do that. It's a, we do it in a closed room where we're by ourselves and think that, well, we're not really hurting anyone else. These are the lies that the devil shares in regards to watching pornography. When indeed that is somebody's daughter or ladies that might be looking at pornography, that's somebody's son that we're looking at. And so we don't want to see the human person as a means to a lustful thought. Rather, we need to recognize the beauty that each of them are made in God's image and likeness and that our sexuality is to be expressed in the context of God's expectation. So these are just a few tools, friends, that I often suggest in the confessional. Perhaps you have a tool that helps work for you. Utilize these tools to help you as we call upon the grace of God so that our eyes will be pure and our hearts will be also pure and chaste in nature. And if you find yourself spiraling um, out of control and you think, well, I'm too embarrassed to speak to my priest about this. Friends, I can assure you, you're not the only one. Your priest will not judge you. Your priest will not look down upon you. There are great ways in which the priest walks with sons and daughters in the parish um, in order to, to, to deal with this. Now, what happens if I'm in a relationship and my boyfriend or girlfriend put pressure on me to engage in sexual relations, that if I don't engage, they might think that I don't love them? What a beautiful opportunity to open the catechism, to do some research online, to use this podcast 
as a reminder that while we're dating, we want to lead and live a chaste lifestyle. This is so important. And so dialoguing between boyfriend and girlfriend or fiancés, these are important conversations to make sure that our relationship continues to be one that God is excited about and looks down upon with a smile as opposed to one that can quickly fall into traps of sin and temptation. We don't want to do that. We want to still be able to express our love for each other or our strong feelings towards each other without engaging to acts which are reserved for married people. Now, for those who are married, that doesn't just mean that because you're now married that you can ask your wife for sex anytime you feel like it, or ladies, you can ask sex with your husband anytime you feel like it. We also have to realize that even within the marriage vocation, that we need to respect one another as well. While it is natural for husbands and wives to long for the beautiful union between spouses and an openness to children, we also have to recognize that the other spouse is not merely a tool or toy for my own sexual gratification. That to engage in sexual intercourse as husband and wife needs to continue to be a dialogue between both spouses so that both spouses are respected in their own needs and their ability to express their love for each other in the sexual act itself. So those of you who are married, continue to ensure, if you aren't already, to be having that dialogue to make sure that both spouses feel loved and supported as intercourse ensues and not merely an act towards my own personal gain or my own sexual urges that need to be satisfied. So you see, friends, this umbrella of the sixth commandment is not just merely referring to those who may be cheating as committing adultery, but rather it's the ability to control our eye, to deal with our lustful desires or sinful desires, and the ability to ask God to assist us to overcome these temptations of the devil. I know at times, friends, we could be merely watching a movie or a hockey game or our favorite TV show, and all of a sudden images come up that are very provocative in commercials, etc. Doesn't mean that we have to be naive and close our eyes and look down, but our ability to master these feelings when they come on is indeed something that we all need to work on, I'm told, until the moment we are called home to God. So it's something that priests struggle with. It's something that married people struggle with. It's something that religious women struggle with. It's something that single people struggle with. And yet within the struggle, we call upon God, just as Jesus overcame the temptations in the desert, that we ask God's help, that alone we can do nothing, but with God's grace, we can definitely improve. And what I want to finalize and finish this podcast with is that Psychologists have also shown that those who have strong social lives, meaning doesn't mean that you have to have 100 friends or 200 friends, but those who engage in good, strong, healthy relationships are also less likely to fall into the traps of constant um, struggles in regards to sexuality and sexual urges. Those who engage in good, strong friendships where they're hanging out with friends and spending time with family members, those people are less and less likely 
to struggle in regards to controlling sexual urges. So once again, if you find yourself isolating and removing yourself from your social circle or perhaps hanging around family members or close friends, this is another sign that we don't want to slip down that slippery slope where it can easily go from a sexual urge to an addiction that might be a bit more than I can handle. So friends, utilize these tools, examine your lives, and let us ask God to help us to be pure of mind and heart. For indeed, God is calling each of us to live a life that is chaste, pure, and holy. So we use our sexuality and the holy way that God intended it to be. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our sexuality. We ask that you continue to help us to be pure, as you call us to. May we live our vocational call and live within the boundaries that that vocation allows for. Lord, we also ask that you bless those who struggle with sexual addictions, those who are addicted to pornography, those who see their bodies as merely as tools rather than temples of the Holy Spirit, and for those who perhaps push their spouse, their boyfriend or girlfriend, their fiancé, into sexual acts in which they are not feeling the same things. Help us to respect one another. Help us to always be reminded that the person we are looking at is your daughter and son, and that they are to be respected of their mind, their character, and also their bodies. Please help those who struggle with sexual addictions to move past these temptations, to realize at times that help is needed, and may you place men and women in their path to assist them in this mastery of their eye and custody of their eye. We ask these in all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. For God's Playbook, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks, and God bless.